1: Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Winbet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game betting odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet, download the WinBet app now, or visit wynnbet.com to start winning.
2: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Dynasty Cast on the RotoViz Ratio Network. we brought to you by our friends over at Blue Wire. Week 16 is in the books. We did not have any Tuesday night football shenanigans in week 16. Let's hope we don't see any of that in week 17 for your commissioner's sake. And this evening, I am joined uh, from my, my fellow co teacher. School is, is back in session for one, for, for one more week. Dan Senyo.
3: we are here. Uh, we, we've we've almost wrapped up this season. It's it's officially Championship Week. Some some places have already had Championship Week, uh, but but we're here. So it's um it's definitely been interesting coming down the stretch. But I, I'm glad we've done this report cards bit to kind of close out the season and close out the playoffs. And we get to close out today with everyone's favorite position, Nathan missionary.
2: <laughs> well, I don't know if tight end and missionary. I might need a biology lesson there <laughs> for those to fit. But yes, we're talking about tight ends, the ones who catch the balls. Um... <laughs> See, It's all just, it's full circle.
3: See, we just keep going. its It's just inevitable at this point.
2: Tight end position. Um, so we're going to talk about, you know, the noteworthy guys and give them grades for the 2021 season and maybe take a peek towards what we think might happen in 2022 and, and the offseason as we lead into it. So here we go. Tight end report cards. We're going to start us off with the tight end one in PPR fantasy football. The tight end one, surprisingly, I didn't know until Dan said it 10 seconds ago. Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews of the, of the Baltimore Ravens, despite that offense – Granted, that offense isn't as bad as it was in 2020, but it still has had its ups and downs. But it has mostly been ups for one Mark Andrews.
3: Yeah, I mean, we've kind of always seen it. The The issue with Andrews in the past has been kind of the consistency in Baltimore and their their love to not only roster 10 tight ends, but use like eight of them. So we're we're finally getting what we kind of always knew Mark Andrews was – um, I, I guess I'm a little more shocked by the the sheer volume, considering uh, a, a, I guess, kind of healthy Hollywood Brown, the addition of Rashad Bateman and, you know, a, a backfield that we still, I guess, kind of don't really know what, uh, where that's headed, but with a healthy Lamar Jackson, and honestly, even if it's, if it's Tyler Huntley or uh, is it Josh Johnson or whatever his name is, it's been Mark Andrews a lot, and and he's been, uh, you know, genuinely good. Obviously, because not only is he is he the tight end one, he's he's, you know, he's above Travis Kelsey, he's above George Kittle, uh, everyone's favorite Kyle Pitts, the whole kit and caboodle. So we um, I, I think we have to have a genuine conversation as to where he really slots in in the tight end landscape.
2: Yeah, and in terms of his 2021 rankings, he slots in at number one in, in a variety of categories. Targets, receptions, receiving yards, air yards, whopper, PPR, PPR points per game, second expected points per game, and third in fantasy points above expectation. So he has outperformed expectations. You know, we, he wasn't being drafted as the tight end one in in PPR redraft or dynasty. And you kind of have to have that discussion. I I think it's gonna be hard, and we'll talk about Kyle Pitts in a bit. I think it's gonna be hard to, to to fade off of Kyle Pitts as the tight end one. But if you're gonna do it, Mark Andrews and I guess George Kittle are really the only two that you could consider doing that with. But Andrews, I think, like you talked about, I think that he has kind of disproven, you know, what, one of my concerns for Andrews is just was just the consistency of that Ravens offense. And that really hasn't mattered much. He's been a, a tight end one 67% of the time this year. He has uh, three or four tight end two weeks. And biggest of all, like, if, if you're not going to, you know, have, like, 90% tight end one weeks, so like, your tight end one weeks better have some high scores. And he has a 41.7, a 28.5, 35.6, and a 20.5. So, four games above 20 PPR points. I don't have the number in front of me, but I'm guessing that's probably the most in, like, 20, uh, four games above 20 PPR points for tight ends.
3: Yeah, and, I mean, the, the you know, the downside, the the low-end games, he's got the same number of them as Travis Kelsey who is currently the tight end too. So they each have four games where they're scoring less than, than double digit points. Um, uh, that's, that's impressive. That's consistency. You're seeing the big numbers. You're seeing this, the, just the average solid strong numbers. Everybody's going to have a couple of bad games. Uh, it, it's just the nature of the beast. So um, I, I, to be honest with you, I, I think Mark Andrews is my tight end one. I get the infatuation with Kyle Pitts. The what's going to be most likely record breaking season for rookie tight ends. But I mean, Mark Andrews is only 25. He he's already putting up the monsters, monster numbers. He's gonna dethrone Travis Kelsey potentially as a tight end one this season and and maybe get on that path that Travis Kelsey has been on. You know, we can't really have Kelsey there anymore. He's 32. George Kittle's twenty-eight. I get that Kyle Pitts is four years younger and, and putting up decent numbers, but the decent in the tight end landscape, we're talking about a seven point per game difference where he's really the only pass catcher in Atlanta. So Mark Andrews, even having to deal with Hollywood Brown and Rashad Bateman and, you know, injured quarterbacks, he's absolutely smashing. So I do think Mark Andrews is my tight end one and I've got to give him an a plus he's, he's doing everything he can with his 131 targets. He's got eight touchdowns, 93 catches, almost 1,200 yards. So this, to me, is just an absolute smash A+.
2: Yeah, I'm also going to give him the A-plus here. Uh, you know, because he has a consistency, he has the boom weeks. There's not much you can ask. There's nothing further you could have asked for Mark Andrews in the 2021 season. So A-plus is across the board for the tight end one as of week 17, or week 16, Mark Andrews. All right, let's go to our next tight end, who is going to be A guy who I had some interest in um, throughout the offseason and and he's, you know, proved that interest to be valid and is one Dawson Knox. He is currently the tight end six overall in, in PPR fantasy points. He has 155 points in 13 games. Where are you at on Dawson Knox? This is it is a, it's kind of similar to Mark Andrews? He's in a wide receiver core that gets jumbled up at times. That you know you don't really know what's going on. Yes, they have Stephon Diggs, but there's really not much clarity after that. So Dawson Knox has been kind of that been that clarity outside of Stephon Diggs.
3: Yeah, uh, honestly, Dawson Knox and Dalton Schultz kind of feel like the same guy to me. Um, uh, teams that we expected the wide receiver cores to absolutely smash. Uh, obviously, with Dallas, they have the running backs as well, but. In Buffalo, they don't really have a running game, so they need to re- rely on these pass catchers. Obviously, with Diggs, I thought Emmanuel Sanders was going to play a, a significant role in Buffalo. It started that way, started to dwindle, and then injuries. Uh, Cole Beasley still has meaningful reps, but Dawson Knox seems as though he's he's kind of here to stay, and the chemistry is there. You know, the the consistency for the most part is there. There's a couple of low end games there, and there, you know there's some injuries, but that's that's just the tight end position. Nobody goes unscathed for the full season uh, except for a few unicorns. Um, it, and obviously with Josh Allen, there's huge upside there. You know, there's there's all of these other quarter, all, I'm sorry, quarterbacks, all these other tight ends that we talk about their their situation and, and the quarterbacks they're tied to. And everyone thought how great of, of a spot Atlanta was going to be for Kyle Pitts. Well, Buffalo is a significantly better spot than, than Atlanta for any kind of tight end. Whether it be a, a generational talent or just some random dude named Dawson, so for me, I, I think we've got to obviously have him in the the tight end one group. The question is, is, is how high are we going with him? I mean, we're, are we going to push him near the the Kittles and the Kelsies? Now Dawson Knox is, uh, I mean, he's he's not that like household name, but he's only twenty five. There's there's plenty of years left here. Uh, whether he stays with Buffalo or not, I think, is the huge question.
2: Yeah, I, mean, I think he's played his way into the tier of like a Gusecki, Goddard, Friermuth, like that tier, like just below when you're talking about the big guys with Andrews and Kittle and Kelsey and Waller. Like, I don't think he's played his way into that conversation yet because w- w- one concern, looking at it, at his stat lines, is he does appear. Uh, I'm looking at the you know fantasy point summary on RotoViz with the promo code RV Radio 2021. Looking at it, all his stats are kind of mediocre except for the total touchdowns. In total touchdowns, he's first among tight ends. Everything else, he's kind of in the teens in terms of ranking among tight ends. So I, you know, we'll see some T D negative regression in 2022. Is that T D regression going to cause a discrepancy and maybe move him back to being like a tight end too? Well,
3: here's the thing. I, I think I think we maybe do lose some of that some of that tight end production or a touchdown production, but he only has 63 targets, Nathan, and he is the tight end six. This tight end landscape is so disgusting that I, I would, uh, you know, I assume he's going to get into that 90, maybe 90 plus target range in following seasons. Um, And I, I do think he's missed a couple of games this year with injury, and he probably would be close to that, but, only forty-six catches yet he's the tight end six. So uh, I, I think there'll be some trade-off. I think we see more volume, and with that, I, I maybe the tight end. You know, we don't or the touchdown regression isn't massive. Maybe it's down to six, but now he's catching sixty balls instead of forty-five. So uh, I think there's a trade-off there.
2: Yeah, I, I do think that the missed games, and granted, like tight ends are injury-prone, so you can't really count on any tight ends I ever play sixteen, seventeen games. Uh, but you know, in a in a projected, you know, seventeen game season, I, I do think that no- Dawson Knox could make up for some of that, you know, lack of targets and receiving yards. So yeah, for me, just because of the concern of the touchdown regression, I'm going to give him a B plus. Uh, but you know, being first in the NFL in, in touchdowns among tight ends can only be a positive thing for the future Dawson Knox.
3: Yeah, I'm gonna go A minus just because cost to acquire and production were very, very far apart. He he cost next to nothing. Uh, especially, obviously, in the off season, and and now he's he's going to be a, a probably a lower end tight end one. So gaining significant value, I think, earns uh, an A grade. You know, even a low A and A minus, I think that's that's well deserved.
2: Yeah, and the the thing about when you're talking about this is there's always a big discrepancy between trade value and startup value in that low end tight end one, like virtually nobody is ever trying to trade for the low end tight end one outside of like a two tight end league or a tight end premium league. But Dawson Knox will be t- taken in like round eight, round nine, round t- tight end seven, eight, nine of your traditional startup league.
3: Yeah, and that's going to be much more comfortable. And And some of those... Uh, you know, obviously we, we have leagues where, you know, we have tight end game where we don't, you don't have to start tight end. And and I'm going to make a big push for that. Obviously this off season is trying to actually getting the starting requirement removed and just either adding a flex spot. (laughs) I'm serious because this is ridiculous. You got, you got two guys averaging 17 plus points, only two guys over 200 points, obviously. And the rest of it is like waiver wire wide receivers. What's the point of even having them? oh, you just, you have to be better. You're going to be good. No, this is 100% luck for this landscape. You just have to try to get the guy with the most targets on the team that's going to, going to feed him and hope he doesn't get hurt because even the good ones have been getting hurt and they've been just off, off the scene. So, yeah, Dasa Knox, I think, could be a really nice value still just because he doesn't have the big name. He's not Kyle Pitts. He's not Mark Andrews. But he's going to score like a George Kittle or – a Zach Ertz or a Dallas Goddard or any one of those guys
2: and he is connected to Josh Allen which you know yeah huge. at one at one time we thought that was a negative thing clearly it is not nope. being connected <laughs> to, to on Josh Allen let's go to a player who may be connected to a not so great quarterback but he is the number four overall pick in the NFL draft he is the greatest tight end to ever live he is my tight end one in nice fantasy football it is one Kyle Pitts Kyle Pitts has been a tight end one in 47% of games, um, but three of those that were not tight end one were in the first four weeks. So three out of the first four weeks, he, sh- he did not achieve tight end one status, but he has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven tight end one weeks since then. So Kyle Pitts kind of turned it on a little bit as of late. Maybe not as many boom weeks as, as we were expecting in his rookie season, but it is his rookie tight end season, and the Falcons have been a joke of a franchise. So, where are you at with Pitts? Are, are, have you been pleasantly surprised? Have you been, man, like what, when you look back at Kyle Pitts this season, is it what you thought? Well, it's crazy because
3: he's probably going to break, or, I mean, he'll be close to breaking the Ditka record. Uh, Well, I, he probably still needs a decent sized game, but I mean, he's going to be close to breaking this record and it's one of those, well, rookie tight ends never produce. yada, 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 but he was the fourth overall pick and, And I I still feel like it's been a letdown. He's been funneled targets or he's supposed to have been funneled targets. You know, he's got a hundred targets. I think he's the third highest targeted tight end in the league, but he's still only scoring 11 points per game. Now that is a lot on Atlanta and Matt Ryan. That offense is absolutely horrendous. But if this is Matt Ryan's last year, Atlanta's not going to get better. They're going to struggle. It's going to be an issue.
2: I mean, they don't have they don't have a way out of Matt Ryan, though, really.
3: No, I, I mean, unless he retires. If he retires, that's the <laughs> that's the clean break. That's what you're hoping for. I don't think that's happening. You know, they they've got 28 year old Calvin Ridley, who's going to be a 29 year old un unrestricted free agent in a year. I I don't know how that bodes well for for Kyle Pitts, they could go out and draft a bunch of wide receivers. Sure. But you still have so much uncertainty and such lofty lofty values and goals for, for somebody. I just don't know how it's ever met Uh, to me. It's feeling like it feels like Saquon Barkley vibes. Now Saquon held and maintained value for a really long time without producing. He produces rookie season a little bit as a sophomore. And then it's just been ghost town. I, I'm getting Saquon vibes, even though we can kind of blame some of the stuff on for Saquon on injuries. But Atlanta and New York have been kind of operating similarly as far as personnel decision goes and, and all the whole bit. So for me, as as much as I love Kyle Pitts, the player, rem- remember, everybody, before you go out and, and murder me, I was saying you can take Kyle Pitts 101 in your rookie drafts. Looking back, that was probably stupid. You should have been taking Jamar Chase or Najee Harris without question. But I I was in that camp. I I was totally for it. And I hate tight ends. Atlanta is going to ruin this man. And uh, I'm struggling with it because I would have said, obviously a month ago or two months ago, whenever the last time we talked tight ends, he he was definitely like tight end one, maybe tight end two. Now, I think for me, for certain, he's tight end, too. I think it's, it's Andrews because he's still young and producing big numbers. And then it's Pitts because he's young and producing for a young tight end. But I despise his situation in this list, in your top 10, 12, whatever. He's got the worst, worst spot for a tight end out of all of them.
2: Yeah, and we talked about fantasy points over expectation. Essentially, it's a formula that uses targets and depth of target and all those things in order to produce what you what you're supposed to be scoring with your with your volume. And this stat does not bode well for one Kyle Pitts in his rookie season. He is 108th among tight ends. Now, I'm not gonna you know throw the baby out with the bathwater or whatever that's called uh, that saying is. Uh, but with Kyle Pitts, I I just think that he. we've seen really his floor in 2021 and like so I think it's only gonna get better from here you know these tight ends develop over time Kyle Pitts I understand the the hesitancy with the the mess that is Atlanta but I think that he's gonna be able to overcome it and so just to give my grade um I, I think that he did what we thought he was going to do and for that I'm going to give him a B he didn't outperform expectations which is crazy because he's gonna set he's probably gonna set tight end records but the expectations were he had to set tight end records
3: that was the issue right the expectations were so freaking high that there was no way he was meeting them not in atlanta so my my last point before i grade him like a third of his points have come in two games the rest of the season has been uh, i mean pedestrian at best He's I think only got one other game over 15 points uh, and his two massive games came against the jets by week Miami. So uh, I mean, it's great. I do believe that in this situation, talent should win out. I know Nathan, you always believe that talent will win out and draft capital matters. I just don't think there's a realistic chance for him to win in the short term in Atlanta with the current state of the Atlanta Falcons. So uh, I, like you, am going to go with a B only because of the ridiculous expectations that we all are at fault for, but also Atlanta took him at four, so it's kind of their fault too. And because of the massive uncertainty in his cost to acquire, how much he costs to go and get is absurd considering he probably has the lowest potential floor as far as his team goes, I, I just, it, it looks horrendous in the, in the near future. So I hope they, they honestly change it around and get things going because considering his targets, I, I mean, that's massive. He should be scoring uh, an absurd amount of points, but Matt Ryan sucks and that offense is horrible. So uh, hopefully that changes quickly.
2: All right. Before we head into the second half of the show, I want to tell you about Roto Viz. Now's the time to get involved with Rotoviz. Off season is really Rotoviz time. Like you might have other websites that you get your redraft rankings. We have those too, but you might use other sites for redraft rankings, your start sits or waiver columns. Really, where Rotoviz makes our money is rookie season and off-season and metrics and tools. And now's the time, man. You, you're gonna need your metrics and tools when you when you're doing your rookie drafts, and you're doing your startup drafts. I know you're, you got, you got the start a bitch and make sure you scratch it with your road of v- v- subscription.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data,
1: MyPatriotSupply.com.
2: No comments on that. Okay. For a, second there, I thought, <laughs> I, I,
3: for a second there, I thought you called me a startup bitch. And that got me <laughs> real mad. Because I a hundred percent
2: am. <laughs> All right. Make sure you go to Rotoviz RV Radio 2021 supports podcast. You aren't a startup bitch, but you will make yourself <laughs> a startup rich with Rotoviz. Oh, there we go. <laughs> All right. Let's go into the Dallas Cowboys. you kind of snuck his name in there earlier so I had to make sure we got him on 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 the wire. It is another guy who you know, I think that out of all the guys that we talked about so far, even Knox to an extent we could have we could have seen a top 10 season coming um or a top eight season coming. Dalton Schultz, I think that you know really the thing that happened was Blake Jarwin got hurt. And that was a catapult to Dalton Schultz becoming a top five fantasy tight end because Dak Prescott and Zeke just being terrible and Pollard being fine. So that means they've been pass heavy. So yeah, a lot of factors have been have come together in favor of Dalton Schultz, and he is now the tight end for in fantasy football. Do before we give a, a grade for this season, do you think that this is a, this is sustainable once a Blake Jarwin comes back, or if they invest in tight end elsewhere? Or is or is this the end of Blake Jarwin and Dalton Schultz has, has put a clamp down on his job? So it, I mean, Blake Jarwin was
3: was I, I was a fan of Blake Jarwin. I, I do think that he's going to have a say in you know the, the tight end targets when he comes back. But Michael Gallup is is more more than likely gone. So I I do think that there's going to be a spot for one if not both of those tight ends to be here and produce. because we've seen. We've seen CD, we've seen Amari, we've seen Gallup, we've seen Schultz and Jarwin. You know, one of the tight ends or the other, all in the field at the same time and actually produce together. So, uh, I mean, uh, Schultz has always had one of these guys in the lineup alongside of him. But when Gallup has been hurt, who is most likely the one that's going to be leaving, right? His his numbers when we're looking at the game splits app. He goes from 8.4 PPR points per game up to 11 and a quarter. His yards go from 33 up to 50. I I mean, to me, it just seems like whichever one of these tight ends is going to be it, and maybe it's both of them, this position in this offense is very valuable and very productive. So I I do believe that Schultz can stick. I do still think Jarwin's going to have a say in that. But as of right now, the information we have is that Dalton Schultz is that guy. So I, I do like the future outlook for, for Dalton Schultz as a Dallas Cowboy. And I think it's going to continue to be you know lucrative for this offense.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, pretty much for the last like four years, it's been like by Dallas, by Dallas, by Dallas. And Dalton Schultz is just another example of that. So looking at his stats so far this season, where he ranks uh, sixth in targets, third in receptions, sixth in receiving yards, Eighth in total touchdowns, ninth in air yards, so pretty much top ten in all, in all the the core important stats, including fourth in PPR uh, and, and eighth in PPR points per game. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna give Dalton Schultz an A. Uh, I, I think that the A plus is holding him back because was he gonna do this without Wake Jarwin? Was he gonna do this without Zeke being terrible? Who knows? But that doesn't matter. Like it, when you're when you're submitting your lineup and collecting those Dalton Schultz points, it's not it's not gonna ask like, oh, are these points for real? <laughs>
3: I do think the points are for real, Nathan. Do You want to know why? <laughs> he is currently second on the Dallas Cowboys in targets. So, uh, I mean, the, the the numbers back that up.
2: I I do think. I mean, we, 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 did, Schultz, talk, we did we did we did talk about Amari Cooper last week, just like he's been a ghost for like the entire season. But yeah, uh, he's still he's still played thirteen games.
3: Amari's got ninety targets. Schultz has ninety one. CD. I mean, we kind of expected CD to be the guy. He's got 114, as he should. He's the best wide receiver here. Now, uh, you know whether it's Amari or it's Gallup, both of these guys definitely can be productive and should be productive. I still think it's it's either you know CD and Amari or CD and Gallup moving forward. I don't think they maintain all three. Uh, I, I would expect them to hopefully get Pollard more involved. Um, you know, even Zeke has been has been okay in the passing game. You know, he's got 60 targets. He's got 45 catches. So this offense, regardless of who's honestly playing these positions is, is going to produce. Um, I I do have faith in Blake Jarwin and not Blake Jarwin. Sorry. I do have faith in Blake Jarwin, but uh, as far as this conversation goes, I do have faith in in Dalton Schultz and I'm going to put him at an a minus. I want to give him an a, but there is just that little bit of uncertainty that he won't get the lion's share of these targets that he is getting. However, I do think it's very sustainable that he has a, a sizable piece of this offense. I just don't know if it's all of what he currently has.
2: All right, let's move on to a little known tight end. He uh, went to Cincinnati university. You may have heard of him once or twice. He kind of is a gigantic human being, Travis Kelsey. (laughs) Travis Kelsey has been a tight end one in 71% of his games. If memory serves, that will be the most among tight ends so far this season. Um, He has three tight end two games. And Travis Kelsey has just been awesome. His last game, 41.1 points uh, against the Chargers did miss a week due to COVID. So where are we at with Kelsey? You know, this chiefs offense kind of had a rough, rough start to the season, but then it's kind of turned on the gas. Uh, I mean, it's crazy
3: because, you know, the, as much as the dynasty community hates old people, uh, and I shouldn't say old because the guy's my age, but, Uh, I mean, he's been doing this for how how many years now since 2014. So what eight seasons and he just doesn't stop. So, you know, I guess we just ride it and until, until the wheels fall off, but I I don't think you can put him in the pits category. I am taking Mark Andrews pretty comfortably, Uh, but Kelsey should probably be your tight end three and, And just honestly, as long as he's tied to Patrick Mahomes, it's just kind of it. You know, there's not really much else you have to say. It's this offense. It's this quarterback. And it doesn't hurt that Travis Kelsey is one of, if not the best tight end we have ever seen in the NFL.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that the only, like, negative, we, we, not we specifically, but the sports community has talked about, like, the reason why like Michael Jordan stopped getting MVPs in the 90s, the reason why LeBron has stopped getting MVPs. like we just get bored. And like so, the only reason why you wouldn't give Travis Kelsey an A plus is just because like, you know, we've we've seen this over and over and over again. And there's one guy, Mark Andrews, scoring a little bit more. Um, so I'll give an A to Travis Kelsey. Um, he's been great. He's you know actually I he's has three 20 plus PBR point games and has also gotten close a few times other other times as well. So. Travis Kelsey, uh, not much to say other than, you know, he's probably overvalued in Dynasty because of his age, uh, and they Dynasty hasn't caught on to that. I do think that per- perennially, if you don't get the, the Kelvin Benjamin tag where people are always worried about their age, like, Kelsey was a very old rookie. I believe he was 23 years old, and people just forgot about that. So, like, yes, he's been in the league for nine years, and people are like, oh, like, you know, he could be, like, 30, and he's actually 32.
3: Yeah. So I and well, yeah. That the the age thing in the dynasty community is is always gonna be a bugaboo. But also the need the the need or the feeling to to loft these tight ends up because of the scarcity at the position and draft them too early. Even though you know it's a dynasty draft. If you're playing to win, you're probably gonna go up and get Travis Kelsey too early in like the third round or whatever. Now, um, but as far as floor goes, nobody has a higher floor than Travis Kelsey. The ceiling and his floor is pretty much the same number, but he's also signed in Kansas city until 2025 where he'll probably retire at the age of 36. But I mean, he's there for the remainder of his career, most likely with Patrick Mahomes and he doesn't look to have lost a step. This looks like the same Travis Kelsey we've been seeing for eight seasons, maybe a slight, just a tick less explosive, but I mean, he just, he doesn't, it doesn't stop. So I mean, you mentioned the, you know, LeBron st- stopped getting the MVPs and Jordan and with the whole bit, I still got to give him an A plus because there's very few guys that actually meet the cost of, of purchase and, you know, the cost to acquire where he's drafted. Nobody does it the way that Travis Kelsey has done it. So I think you have to give him an A plus just because of the insane consistency the extremely high floor and his ability to just smash week in and week out. So it's still an A plus for me, even as a 32 year old. Now that doesn't mean I'm going to go out and buy everywhere unless people start discounting because he's going to be 33, but it's just, it's it. at this point, it seems inevitable with, with Travis Kelsey.
2: Let's move on to our next tight end. And it is a man who shifted teams halfway through the season. It is one Zach. Ertz started with the Eagles, now with the Arizona Cardinals. Zach Ertz has had a a decent run ever since he's gotten to Arizona. He has a 28.8 week. He has three other tied in one weeks. 53% of his games so far this season have been tied in one weeks. I believe Tampa was his last game in in Philly, if I'm correct. Um, But with Ertz, the the biggest storyline, more so than anything, is that he's a free agent. And I I think that with what he has done in Arizona – they're going to make a priority to keeping him. Like they don't have a ton of bad contracts on the books yet. I'm sure they will once they re-sign Kyler and, and you know, however the DeAndre Hopkins saga continues. So uh, where are you out on Ertz? Do you think he's a priority re-sign for the Arizona or do you think he might be a catch and release? Uh,
3: I mean, he really should be a, a priority for them at this stage. Not, not to go out and, and throw the bag at him, but hey, do you want to compete every year? Do you want to try to get back to a Super Bowl? Uh, you know, you have a great quarterback, you've got a really fun offense and you're going to get the ball. So I, I do think that they, they go out and they, they do what they can to bring Ertz back. Uh, obviously 30, what he's 32 now. Um, I think right there with Kelsey, uh, it's, he's just been one of those guys. that's so consistent and, and he's not going to blow the doors off the place, but you know, when he's out there, he's going to score fantasy points. So, uh, I would love to see him back with Arizona. Obviously, you know, Hopkins is supposed to be there until 2024. Uh, who knows what's going to happen with like AJ Green, what they do with Christian Kirk. Obviously, they bring in Rondale Moore. So I just feel like the more weapons you can have around Kyler Murray, the better. Um, you know, they had a young, promising tight end in Dan Arnold and kind of moved on from that to bring in Ertz. So uh, to me, it feels kind of like it's it's not necessarily written in stone, but. I think they plan on bringing him back and making him a part of these couple of, you know, Super Bowl runs that they should be on over the next couple of years because the team's really built for it.
2: Yeah. My, my expectations were probably unnecessarily low for Ertz. I kind of thought there was a decent chance he was done that he was going to be relegated to, you know, like a tight end to an NFL offense behind Dallas Goddard. Um, but in Arizona, he's kind of revived his career in a way. So I'm going to give him a B. Um, he hasn't done anything that makes me scream like I have to have that guy on my fantasy team or that guy's having any sort of a great season. But he's been fairly consistent in Arizona thus far. So uh, we'll see how that pans out in 2022. But he's been good in 2021 outside of pretty much anytime this this number looks crazy. I'm going to bring it up. And so fantasy points over expectation, 122nd among tight ends. So he's not quite uh, living up to expectations from a fantasy point perspective.
3: Well, no, I like. I mean, he's not. He's not going to be. crazy. he's just getting. Crazy. He's he's just getting more volume than he should
2: really. Because yeah.
3: he's he's, he's, a he's name. picking up the crumbs. He's picking up the crumbs. Uh, which I mean, that's great. He's going to have volume. He's got the name. I I for me, if. If you're a zero tight end type of guy, I I don't know if you know that about me, Nathan, but I don't like tight ends. I do like Zach Ertz because he's always next to free, especially the last few years when they brought in Dallas Goddard, and he pretty much always scores points. Now, I'm not going to be getting the 25 or 30 point games, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with 12 or 15, and that's what Zach Ertz is probably going to get you if he stays in Arizona, regardless of all the other wide receiver weapons that they may or may not have. Zach Ertz is going to have a role. He's going to get the volume and you know, it's going to be worth again. I always bring up the cost to acquire when we talk about these report cards, because I think it matters where they're drafted, what their trade value is and how they are actually producing. So uh, I'm still going to go B plus for Zach Ertz. Um, Like you said, nothing really is shocking about what Zach Ertz has been doing, but he's got a pretty decent floor Uh, ceilings pretty low, but that's kind of been Zach Ertz's MO for however long now it's never really blow the doors off the place it's just be consistent be you know be what the team needs you it's, he's their rock like he that's it's, it's Kyler's binky as as Scott Fish once uh said on this show he, we, these quarterbacks like to have their binky pass catchers uh and that seems like it's becoming Zacher. it's pretty quickly for Kyler
2: all right let's move on to a trio of tight ends we'll kind of go some rapid fire here We have TJ Hawkinson, Darren Waller, and Pat Fryermuth. Not exactly the most similar group of players, um, but TJ Hawkinson and Darren Waller are back-to-back in tight end points per game. They are tight end five and six behind Gronk, Kittle, Kelsey, Andrews. Both have faced injuries throughout the season, more so Hawkinson faced it at the end. Waller has faced it throughout. But they have produced when they've been on the field 12.11 points per game for Hawkinson, 12.93 PBR points per game for Waller. Waller is on the older side. Um, Hawkinson is still on the younger side and has a mess of an offense with Jared Goff. So for me, my grades, I'm gonna I'm gonna shade toward a a minus for Hawkinson because we still have all this time to capitalize on his age. and I'm gonna shade towards a B plus for Waller. He's been fine. he's, been, he's, been, he's been, similar to Ertz he's been what we thought he was going to be, but with his, his age kind of caps his ceiling from a dynasty perspective.
3: Yeah, I struggle with Hawkinson because when he does play and when he's on the field, uh, he's obviously a difference maker. Detroit, I mean, pretty historically known for ruining <laughs> ruining players' careers. Uh, but Hawkinson, in his own right, he's struggled to stay healthy. I don't want to give him the Tyler Eifert tag because he played 16 games last year. But he only played 12 as a rookie. He's only played 12 so far this year. I I struggle with his ability to stay on the field and in that dumpster fire that is Detroit, Michigan. So I'm going to go C plus only because he's so expensive and he has been so expensive to get. And even though we are getting it when he's on the field, we're just not getting it consistent consistently enough because he isn't on the field. That's my big issue with TJ Hawkinson, Darren Waller. That's another tough one because he's a little bit older And, you know, as, as there's still not much tread taken off of those tires, but he again has kind of, you know, I I don't want to say struggled to be out there because this is really his only, it's only his third season of actual usage. And he played 16 games back to back in 2019 and 2020. So this year feels a little bit more like an outlier than anything to me. Now he'll be 30, which is a little bit of a distract of a detractor, but we've seen at the tight end position, these guys produce into their thirties. So I do still think that there's probably a a two to four year window for Darren Waller to continue to be great and score as a top five tight end. I I don't think that's even crazy, even remotely crazy to say, uh, especially if he's still linked with Derek Carr, uh, you know, another guy that's just always underrated and underappreciated. So we'll see what the future holds for Waller, but I think I'm going to give him, uh, I think the same grade, Right now, just because he was very expensive to acquire and uh, he hasn't been out there the whole time. So I'm going C plus on both these guys just because they they haven't been consistently on the field, but they have been really good when they have been.
2: And this is very like niche, very random advice, but I'm going to be all over Waller in Titan premium redraft leagues because oh, he's going to he's going to fall into that fifth, sixth round where, you know, the guys above him, you know, Kelsey, Andrews, Pitts, like those guys can be going this in the second, third round. And it's like, you're going to get similar production from Waller. Yes. You don't have quite the, you know, the same floor, but Waller, we've, we've seen he's on the field. He's producing.
3: Yeah. That's, that's I, honestly in, in any format, Waller is going to be a really nice target this offseason, especially if he doesn't, if he doesn't make his way back right away, or if he's not, you know, not ready for week one or whatever the whole deal is. If, if you can get someone that produces the way he produces in a very very limited tight end landscape, that's free points. That's free money. If you can't get your hands on Waller at a reasonable price, that's when I think you move down the you know down the board a little bit to a Zachers or somebody like that. So I do like targeting Darren Waller a lot right now. He's definitely going to be all over my board to buy uh, or or draft maybe maybe you know a, a couple rounds after some of these other tight end ones are going. Uh, in hopes that people either forget about them or they're just on the radar because they they don't like the uncertainties. so uh, I, i'm I'm all over, honestly, if you can get T j. Hawkinson for a reasonable price because his price has been really unreasonable for the extent of his time in the NFL, um, I like buying both of these guys, and I, I honestly think the biggest buy of these guys you listed, Nathan, is Pat Fryermuth. He potentially' we'll, we'll see what happens with Juju. I would assume he's gone. Uh, Pittsburgh really seems up and down with Chase Claypool. Uh, the only really solid rock here in in Pittsburgh is Deontay Johnson and Najee Harris. But I think Pat can fit into this really nicely and take over some, some of this target share.
2: You know, it's funny. Uh, you mentioned, you know, the weapons around Pittsburgh, um, Russell Clay texted me today that whoever the, the quarterback is that goes to Pittsburgh, he'll be buying because of the infrastructure. And I commented back and I said, the infrastructure in Pittsburgh is just Deontay Johnson. <laughs> That's the whole infrastructure. But that, that is discounting Pat Fryermuth a bit. He he has exceeded my expectations as a rookie in year one. He has 43% of his games at tight end one. He, he is a little bit on the touchdown heavy side with fifth in the NFL and tight ends. But Pittsburgh has been gross. That team has just been an absolute mess. And Fryermuth in his rookie status has not been deterred from a fantasy point perspective. So... I'm I'm big on, on Muth. I, I think that he's going to be a solid value in that low end tight end one range. Like I said, with pretty much, that's a very cheap range to buy your tight end one. And I think Muth is a good spot to do it because, you know, this is going to be the prevailing thought of the offseason. If Aaron Rodgers goes to Pittsburgh, if Matt Ryan maybe goes to Pittsburgh, like, you know, like if they get a qu- quarterback that is more competent than Ben Roethlisberger, which is like anybody is more competent than, you know, 2021 Ben Roethlisberger. It will definitely be a good season for one Friar Muth, and then Deontay Johnson, and possibly Claypool.
3: All I'm going to say is get ready for coast to coast Russell Wilson in Pittsburgh. Uh, that <laughs> now Nathan, that would be fun. Don't don't even say that I'm wrong. Get Russ with those buy, weapons. Buy the infrastructure. <laughs> buy the infrastructure. But I mean, but Russell Russell Clay isn't wrong. Historically, this team has been set up very well. Now Ben Big Ben has been. Uh, obviously above average and some years, pretty darn great from a fantasy perspective. Uh, But historically they've done very well at getting these guys to produce, whether it's tight end, wide receiver, running back. This is a a fantasy Haven for us. And it would be hard not to take advantage of some of it. So uh, going back to, to just because this is what we're talking about. It's crazy how much people talk about Kyle Pitts and how little they talk about Pat and you know, i I'm not saying firemouth is is either on Pitts's level or producing like Pitts, but he's only down a point and a half a game in in fantasy. So why aren't we talking about him more as as a potentially historic rise as a rookie tight end and having a a pretty a pretty good rookie season for somebody that hasn't played in every game or or really been targeted as such? He feels to me like one of one of the best buys in all of Dynasty. I'm not saying just tight ends. I'm saying in total, he could he could be a league winner in years to come, especially in your tight end premium leagues, because he's not being talked about enough. He's not being valued highly enough. And the the points are on their way. I mean he's he's already averaging like 10 a game. So I, I think I would just say guys be ready and try to get yourself some Pat Fryermouth.
2: Yep. All right, so my grade on Pat Amruth is a B. Uh, I don't think he did quite enough to, to get into that B plus, A minus range. But I want once again, I could very easily see myself giving him an A next year, um, hopefully with a better quarterback. And I will say, Dan, um, as teachers, we gave up for people who hate tight ends, we gave up some good grades for tight
3: ends. <laughs> we did, we did. And I, I'd like to give all of them Fs, but at the end of the day, <laughs> they, you know, I keep the, the grades positionally. Now, if we were ranking them against wide receivers and running back and quarterbacks, they would all get like incompletes or, or check minuses or whatever the hell people get that are failing these days. So, um, yeah, I, I'm actually going to go in the B plus range just because it was so cheap to acquire. Um, didn't really get used for the first month, month and a half of the season. and really ever since their bye week, he he's just kind of been solid. He's kind of been like Zach Ertzish, if you will. Um, and, and I can't I just don't understand how that doesn't continue. he's He's been consistent. They really liked him. Uh, i I think he was I mean he's drafted relatively highly, right? He was what what round was he taken in? So. Uh, yeah, I mean, how how do we not forecast this much higher than he's currently being forecasted?
2: Alrighty, that should wrap us up for this evening. The tight end report cards are in the books. Any last words, Dan?
3: No, and enjoy your lovely tight ends. I'm going to keep sitting over here with my Zach Ertz.
2: <laughs> All righty, that should wrap us up on our tight end report cards. Good luck in your championships next week. Um, I will say, and I'm jinxing myself now, but Nathan Powell is in the Kadoosh Dynasty League Championship. Finally, the seven-year rebuild has has completed. <laughs> we <laughs> um, did it, baby. Uh, my, my, my my namesake league. I'm officially in the title game, ready to beat Jobra. So uh, I, I
3: will say before you Kadoosh, everybody, that is a proud moment in my life that I got my name <laughs> on that plaque in your league before you did. <laughs>
2: That'll do it for this week. Good luck to Nathan Powell in Kadosh. All right. Let's talk some fantasy football. One, two, three, four.